This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 7.35 in the morning, you're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokdar with Wong Xiaoning and Chong Jen Sun. Now in half an hour, we have The Breakfast Grill and uh, Keith Kam is going to be speaking to Robert Kotushevsky, Managing Director of Berry Calibo, Malaysia. And oh, I'm so excited for this breakfast grill. Yeah, it's a chocolate uh, manufacturing company. So Barry Calibo is from Switzerland. It's the world's largest chocolate maker. So Keith will speak to Robert Kotushevsky and to find out how sweet the chocolate business is or is it bitter considering its raw material coca comes from the, some of the poorest countries on the planet. Well, just very timely, right? Because Valentine's Day was just yesterday. So, you know, I, I haven't met a person that doesn't like chocolate actually. Have yes, you? I think those are very rare creatures indeed. We do not want to be friends with them. <laughs> they should be banished, right? <laughs> I'm kidding, the I'm kidding. Is normally, is, is it dark or is it... Uh, milk, or, milk or, or white yeah, chocolate. Yeah. You know what? I love it all. I love it all in any form, in a in a bar, in a cake, in a mousse, you name it. Well, there you go. You know where we, li- you know where we work. So <laughs> please feel free to send those chocolates over. Turning our attention, though, to what's happening over in Kuantan, the age-old conundrum of economic development versus sustainability is playing out in Kuantan with the license renewal of the Linus Rare Earth Processing Plant. So yesterday, Linus confirmed that its license had been renewed by the Atomic Energy and Licensing Board for three years, beginning March 3rd. However, this is subject to the same condition imposed by the government in 2020. So these conditions include relocating the cracking and leaching facility which produces radioactive residue out of Malaysia before July 2023 and constructing a permanent disposal facility to store the existing waste from when it began operating in 2012. Now, Linus had asked the authorities to remove the conditions because they represent a significant variation from the conditions under which Linus made the initial decision to invest in this country. Linus is the world's biggest producer of rare herbs outside China, and it may have to shut down the cracking and leaching part of its processing plant if it cannot adhere to the Malaysian license conditions by July 1st. Now, the Minister for Science and Technology, Chang Li Kang, confirmed this decision on social media yesterday and is expected um, to give an explanation, further explanation sometime today or this week, uh, but uh, for reactions to what's going on and to help us break down the controversy, we have with us Mageswari Sangaralingam, uh, Honorary Secretary of Sahabat Alam Malaysia. Mages, good morning. Thank you very much for joining us. Now, before we go into the um, license renewal itself, maybe you can give us a little bit of a backstory because Linus had its license renewed for three years in February 2020, in February 2020 by the then uh, Pakatan Harapan government. Can you recap for us why this decision was controversial at the time? Okay, good morning, everyone. So uh, just now you had already mentioned about the types of waste. Yeah? So uh, generally, there are two types of waste generated by Linus Malaysia's operation. There's the water leach purification. We call it WLP process, which contains radioactive waste, including thorium and uranium, and the neutralization underflow residue, NUF, which contains uh, heavy metals. Both of these ways are subject to regulations under Malaysia's laws. Mm. Uh, The main controversy then was in relation to the management of waste by liners, especially the radioactive component, which contains uh, thorium-232, which is a highly toxic radionuclide, which has a half-life of uh, 14 billion years. Mm. So this was the main concern. So the PH government then had imposed conditions on liners for the waste it generates. Um, uh, as you had already mentioned, the, among the conditions are the WLP has to be disposed of in a permanent disposal facility or exported to the country of origin. 
Um, so the renewal of license grant in 2020 was subject to Linus developing the PDF for its radioactive waste for its uh, cracking and leaching plant, which generates the radioactive waste mm. to be sent outside Malaysia by July 2023. And uh, no more imports of materials carrying this uh, low-level radioactive waste into Malaysia. Mm. Um, so earlier itself, uh, Linus had announced that it will develop the cracking and leaching facility in Kalguli, Western Australia. And we understand it is doing that right mm. now. So for all these years of, of operations, Linus has yet to put a place uh, to put in place a PDF. Mm. So just recently, the EIA for the PDF in Gebeng has been approved. Uh, and what is happening all this while, the accumulated radioactive WLP waste has been stored within the vicinity of the plant, which is in a flood-prone pit swamp. So uh, for we believe that any site chosen for the PDF uh, it will be a major problem as there are concerns over whether radioactive waste can be safely disposed of, um, you know, because it is radioactive for mm. hundreds of years mm. or, and, and can be centuries. And Margis, the Science and Technology Minister Chang Lee Kang, he confirmed that the licence is renewed without any changes to existing conditions. Does this mitigate the concerns that civil society has about health and environmental safety? Yeah, so uh, there have been a lot of um, issues. Yeah? So now the operating license renewal has been approved. Mm. Um, and the earlier condition that liners must stop importing and processing rare earths uh, concentrate after is maintained. So uh, this means that liners can only refine the materials at the gaping plant. The cracking and leaching of uh, lanternite concentrate cannot be done here. Um, so we believe that it was good for the current government to not give in to pressures to revoke the previous conditions. But what we believe that, you know, um, we are still dealing with the radioactive waste that is here. Mm. Yeah? In terms of the health impacts, the issue is whether the public is willing to accept the risk to their health and environment for generations to come. Yeah, Exposure to low levels of um, radiation does not cause immediate health effects, but it can contribute to overall cancer risk. Okay, so at the same time, right, um, the Linus plan has been in operation for a decade. So do we know whether the authorities are monitoring the environmental and health impact of this facility? And, are, you know, are these reports available to the public? Okay, they have been monitoring. Um, um, but there was a report, the Executive Committee report to the Ministry of Science, uh, Energy, Science, Technology, Mastechnia yeah, in 2018 which had found non-compliance with some heavy metals, um, which are nickel, lead, chromium and mercury, which was found in the groundwater. The parameters of uh, nickel and chromium was reported as particularly alarming. Hence, heavy metals, which are carcinogens, have been found in groundwater and river sediments um, in the surroundings. Mm. However, the actual impact on the ground is uh, quite difficult to be discerned if you are not privy to the water quality analysis or biomonitoring is done. Mm. It also depends on how extensive and frequent the analysis and monitoring is done. And the authorities should reveal the findings and uh, make it easy for the public to access the data. Yeah, so... Okay. These are the issues that we are seeing. Right. Magas, some argue that Linus has brought regional economic benefit and that Malaysia stands to gain even more given the high economic value of rare earths in the global supply chain. I mean, do you see a way for us to reap both the economic incentives as well as maintain public health and ecological safety when it comes to rare earth plants such as this? Or does one come at the expense of the other? 
Yeah, we do not see any way we can report the economic incentives as well as maintain public health and ecological safety. What we are talking about is generation of hazardous and radioactive waste from the processing of rare earths. So uh, for us, people and environmental health should come first before profits. Um, Linus brings the ore from Australia to be processed here in Malaysia and exports the entire processed material abroad. It only hires around, I think, about 600 workers or so. But then we will be left with the management of the radioactive waste for generations to come. Mm. Yeah. Uh, initially, Linus was also given various tax holidays. So looking at the cost-benefit, Linus has certainly benefited more from the profits it makes, while we have to worry about the long-term management of the waste produced. Yeah, uh, which will be it will come up to about 1.6 million metric tons until uh, July 2023. Mm. Um, another issue is that we are still haunted by the tragic lessons of the Asian rare earth plant in Ipoh, Bukit Merah, that resulted in serious uh, radioactive poisoning yeah, in the local community, with high incidence of death among children who suffered from leukemia and cancer. Children had elevated levels of lead in their blood, and there were also above normal rates of miscarriages uh, among pregnant women. So although the Linus plant and the ARE plant are very different, what is similar is that we cannot regard the ill effects of uh, low-level radiation lightly. Yeah? Uh, we have learned that any dose of radiation has its impacts, mm. especially in unborn babies. And so my... um, yeah, we have to really be worried about this. Yeah, my guess, other states such as Para and Kedah are reportedly looking to approve other rare earth processing plants. Do we have adequate laws to ensure that environmentally sensitive activities like rare earth mining and processing can be carried out safely? What laws should be in place? Okay, as we had mentioned, yeah, rare earth extraction, processing and mining activities will burden us with the generation of uh, toxic hazardous and chemical waste for generations to come. Hence, you can never have safe or sustainable mining and processing of rare earths. So we believe that no formulation of laws can render the operations safe. Mm. Hence, uh, we call on the government to stop approving these activities and uh, take stringent action. Um, there's also been uh, cases of uh, illegal mining of rare earths, uh, for example, in Bukit Angang Forest Reserve in uh, Kedah. Um, so and another issue is that recent research has shown that there are innovative ways to produce uh, electric vehicle batteries, solar cells, and wind turbines that do not need to use uh, rare earth elements. Yeah? Because these rare earth elements damage the environment or pose uh, risk to public health. So these alternatives should be studied in detail um, by Malaysia and also other countries. Magis, thank you very much for speaking with us. That was Magis Waris Sangaralingam, Honorary Secretary of Sahabat Alam Malaysia, giving um, her perspectives on how the Linus Rare Earth Processing Plant um, can impact the surrounding environment, um, what uh, she hopes to see the government, um, what she hopes the government to actually do. Uh, we, do ha we have reached out to Linus for comment on this. We will update if we hear back from them. Yeah, I guess I was reading in this article that the supply of rare earth is actually very crucial for high-tech applications such as mobile phones, rechargeable batteries, and also military assets. So um, I, I did read in a Straits Times article that various diplomats, including envoys from US, Australia, Japan, and EU, have also lobbied to the minister to ensure that the production is not halted. Well, 
good? Are they having plants in their own country? I, I agree. I have to say, at what cost, right? Mm. Uh, so I think this is definitely a really interesting issue. It really shows sustainable sustainability and development, just that kind of clash that comes up between them. We will be watching this and uh, keeping you updated on any announcements made by the government or Linus or any other stakeholders on this. Uh, 7.47 in the morning. We're heading into a break, but when we come back, we are going to discuss the key takeaways of Singapore's 2023 budget. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.